the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. We are in New York City. We are live. We are local. It is 6.04. Um, it was a busy day in court today. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it when we talk about Plaza court reporting afterwards. But, um, yeah, I was in court today on a like a 40, I think it was, it seemed like there were 40 humans and or lawyers representing corporations or individuals uh, at 100 Center Street um, where, you know, you know, you're getting legitimately old when you basically know almost everyone there because you've just been around for a while. And luckily, and, and, you know, I don't hide this, I was absolutely blessed with a father whose footsteps in which I fo- followed who also had an excellent reputation, uh, besides being an outstanding attorney, uh, being a, a super nice guy. So when people look at me, they, you know, they don't exactly think of my dad, and then they're like, oh, that guy's dad was a real SOB. Just the opposite. They're like, oh, how's your dad doing? He was so great. We miss him here. And the, one of the court reporters was asking about him today. It was really, really wonderful. Um, speaking of wonderful, let's find out how Matt Sambolino's seventh wedding anniversary was last night, Sambolino. <laughs> Uh, it was very nice. It, it was uh, quiet, mellow. I came home, had a nice dinner. We exchanged some gifts. I got her an early Valentine's Day present. I'm taking her to see Billy Joel at the garden. Uh, oh, I can't go there. I'm not allowed in the garden. Yeah. But okay, we... Well, hopefully I'm allowed to go. When are you? Yeah, don't worry. You're not on our website. When are you going to see Billy Joel? Uh, Valentine's Day, the 14th. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. Um, and we have Joan Pelzer here, who's moved her microphone to an appropriate position where we should be heard. Joan? Hello. I got to see your lovely son. Which one? Oh, Luca. Yeah, Luca. I wanted to bring him in here. He, I love seeing him. No, he's studying. He's got a big, big test. He's got a big, big test on Tuesday worried. that he's studying for. And he's I'm the very, honor roll. I am very proud of him. Um, before we get to the hard news of the day, I want to give a big shout out and a thank you to uh, the person who was the best man at my wedding, to Marianne Bertuna. That would be William Santo, Billy Santo. Um, he sent me a video today of uh, were beaming. A, belated, a belated Christmas present. You guys heard me and Sambolino, you know, pay attention to this because uh, you played a role in this. Uh, you remember the night that Rapid Pulse uh, played at Haswell Greens on December the 16th, I of course? absolutely do. We forget. And uh, they were some T-shirts. So we just had like a handful of T-shirts made up. Obviously, the guys in the bands had them, whatever. And Billy came over to me that night. He said, give me one of the T-shirts. And I gave him one of the T-shirts, and he snagged a, a Sharpie. 
and he had the the four original members of Rapid Pulse uh, autographed the shirt. And he just sent me a video. I wish I was in person because I really, I'm very, very touched. He had the shirt framed in a very cool frame. Oh, very nice. Uh, that'll be hanging up uh, probably in, in my little Long Island house. So that was very, very cool. That put a big smile on my face. Let me tell you what did not put a big smile on my face. Um, before I went to court at 2 o'clock this afternoon, here in the uh, law offices of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, uh, there were three TV sets on, and then we were watching um, New York One had the coverage of um, the uh, confirmation of um, Judge LaSalle. Judge LaSalle is the currently the presiding judge of the second department, which uh, covers from Montauk through Suffolk. I mean, yeah, all of Suffolk, all of Nassau, Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, and then goes up to like Dutchess and other counties that I'm sure Judge Leventhal, who sat on that court, can educate us on. But it was so obvious from the beginning that the um, committee was, this is just the committee and then he's got to get voted out of committee and then he gets confirmed by the whole Senate mm-hmm. that they were just out to get him. And they're, or when I say out to get him, out not to bring him in front of the whole committee. And it's really all based on false narratives and um, twisting cases that he wrote, wrote decisions on. He was, he was basically, this is Governor Hochul's pick. Governor Hochul is a Democrat, as we know. The Senate is controlled by Democrats, as we know. So you would think she would have the relationship with the Democratic senators to get this, you know, get, get her nominee to be the, the, this is the chief judge of the whole state. He's going to have a, or he would have a tremendous amount of control, come, come in this tremendous amount of power. Um, and they're saying that he's too conservative. And that, that's just, that is just not an accurate interpretation of his judicial record. But you don't have to rely on me. Let's bring in my partner, Judge John Leventhal, who sat on the Appellate Division Second Department with Judge LaSalle. Uh, good evening there, Judge Leventhal. How are you, Arthur? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, so well, I know. Listen, I, I, yeah. I, you, you've been on the show. You were on the show last week talking about Judge LaSalle. I know you were laser-focused on the hearings today. Uh, give give the listeners a little a little summary of what took place today. Well, let me let me give you some of my background, so you know I'm not coming from bias or prejudice. I I worked my way through law school at night, and I, what was I doing at that time? I was a grievance director for a labor union, so I would never support anyone who's anti-union, and they try to portray him fairly as anti anti-union. Um, my, my sister would disown me if I, if I were anti-abortion. I was on the Evergreen case. It wasn't about abortion. It was about the overbreath of the search warrant, uh, of the uh, subpoena, rather. So that so, was a case that he was really being cross-examined on today. And Judge Leventhal, you were on that panel? I was on that panel, and I have to tell you what had happened. We said the subpoena was fine. It was overbroad. We sent it back to the trial court to make it... Uh, to just deal with whether that evergreen was practicing medicine. Uh, some of the other things they asked for had nothing to do with the complaint by the attorney general's office. And I submit to you that if it were uh, a subpoena on Planned Parenthood, the, the Senate would be okay with what we did, and, and they would probably want us to throw the whole thing out. But that's why it's politically driven and uh, He's not anti-abortion. Uh, he's pro-choice. 
and this was really despicable. And how did this start out, Arthur? Hoyleman basically gave his opening statement as to why uh, Judge LaSalle was not going to get approved. And, 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 you know, I have to tell you something else. I was the Lord Chairman of the Democratic Party. My father was a Roosevelt Democrat. I'm almost embarrassed to be a Democrat today because the way they treated Justice LaSalle. The first thing that they did, they increased the number of people on the committee to make sure that he would get right. They increased down. it. They increased it by four. So they added three Democrats and only one Republican. And the and vote today the basically. Out of the three Democrats, two already said they're not going to approve him. So you had right. all these Democrats on the Judiciary Committee, not all, most, almost all, but two who said before they even heard a word out of Hector LaSalle's mouth, and he, he didn't take a bathroom break, he didn't take a lunch break. He was there from 10 to 3.30, answered all their questions, and they were being absolutely unfair. Absolutely unfair They didn't allow him to call any witnesses on his own behalf, correct? This is the first time he couldn't have witnesses on his behalf. And who was in the audience? Former Chief Judge John Lippman who is a staunch liberal, who was in the audience, uh, Orlando, Orlando Acosta, who was ready to speak on his behalf. The district, attorney, the, district attorney of, the district attorney of Brooklyn, who uh, is, right. is, you know, that, uh, Judge LaSalle looks over his, uh, all of the district attorney of Brooklyn's dealings. So, uh, look, the bottom line is I don't believe this has ever happened before that a, a, a governor has put forth a judge and the judge was voted down. Um, I know Stuart Cousins. For no the good reason. This is, for, this is what happened to Merrick Garland. I, I, I'm ashamed to say that the Democrats are acting like a Republican. And there was a motion made at the end. Also, I don't know if you saw the end. A motion was made by one of the senators who wanted him to go forward to the full Senate. And, and, they, and they gaveled him down. The meeting is closed. They wouldn't even hear the motion forward the nomination to the full senate well i believe that's what i believe the governor now is trying to go into court and uh force the court to uh allow the uh have the court force the legislature to have a full vote on his confirmation not just that little committee well and and i hope they're successful but you know there's so many different uh, uh twists and turns in this there's so many different statutes and, and, and the Constitution, that you really have to navigate through that. And I haven't even finished doing that yet. There's certain statutes uh, that, that give, you know, the Senate rules, number one. There's statutes uh, uh, talking about the Senate. And then there's also the Constitution. So the question is, what does it mean to go before the Senate? Does it mean to go just before the committee? Or does it mean to go before the entire Senate? So, and, and I'll have to tell you, I hope I hope Justice LaSalle wins, and uh, I'm so I'm so outraged. Uh, I'm thinking of writing a, a article for the Law Journal, uh, perspective, how ashamed I am and embarrassed I am to be a Democrat in the way they handled this proceeding. With, well, there with you have it, folks. Guy. This is this is from Judge John Leventhal, who was the Law Chairman of the Democratic Party for Brooklyn who uh, was a, a trial judge and then was a judge on the appellate division, and he sat with Judge LaSalle. So he's got a little insight to what's going yeah, on. Judge Leventhal, I got to go to a commercial. I will see you tomorrow. Right. 
and we will well, we will follow say, this up. His, Go ahead. His record, his record is has been woefully distorted, with malice, with intent to sink his nomination and his confirmation, and it's despicable, and I'm outraged. I am I'm happy you're able to vent your your uh, your true feelings that are based in fact, not in uh, uh, not in guesswork. Here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back and we're going to talk about um, your benefits if you are a city employee retiree. Don't go away. Hemp Leaf products are the next big thing in skin and body care. From head to toe, they have you covered. Our formulas have been handed down through generations of herbalists and have now been made available to the general public. The remarkable neuropathy cream, Helixer, has brought pain relief to millions within minutes of application. The whipped body butters and creams will leave your skin feeling soft, silky, and hydrated, giving your skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their body washes, shampoo, and soaps are the perfect solution to help keep your body free of the germs, fungus, and bacteria that we encounter every day. All of these natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. All products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. Remember, we don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it. Visit us at www.hemplief.com. That's www.hemplief.com. So, God forbid your husband or wife or significant other is in a hospital or rehab center. People may be telling you that you're not eligible for Medicaid, and those costs can really put you into bankruptcy. $15,000, $20,000 a month. Don't panic. Just call our friends at Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law. They have been helping people just like you for 40 years. They'll tell you exactly what you are eligible for. They'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news. So, as you know, Connors & Sullivan, they have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. For a free initial consultation with a lawyer, just call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. It's never too late. The time to act is now. Just call 718-238-6500. And after you speak to Mike Connors and his team, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna, and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. A little self-serving here, Sam Bellino. Well, I was told that our next guest is a big Billy Joel fan. All right. I okay. am the entertainer. 
And I know just where I stand Another serenader And another long-haired band Today I am your champion I may have won your hearts But I know the game you forget my name And I won't be here in another year If I don't stay on the charts All right, welcome back to the Power Hour Here on AM 970 The Answer With Joni Pelzer and Matt Sambolino we're going to be a little informative here. You know, there's something brewing in New York and city governments that could have a profound effect on the lives and health and wellness of hundreds of thousands of retired municipal employees. Our guest tonight is here to fill us in on a bitter dispute. I heard her on another station. I heard her talking about this. And I said, Joan, this is so important, especially to our local audience here in New York City. Uh, we need to have her on. Now, Marianne Pizzatola was born in Brooklyn, as most great people are. Uh, she grew up on Long Island. Her childhood dream was to take over her grandfather's restaurants, so she got a culinary arts degree from Johnson & Wales in Rhode Island. After a brief spell in corporate hospitality, she realized a life of service was her calling, and she started to volunteer with the Bayside Queens Ambulance Corps. The sirens and the actions hooked her, and Marion went on to earn her EMT certification and got a job with the New York City Fire Department, and she served our city in that capacity for 15 years. Spectacular. You would think, you know, after that, like, that would be enough. Nope, not for Marianne Pizzatola. She earned, a, in, she earned her degree in SUNY Old Westbury and um, in industrial and labor relations. Her passion and her commitment led to the creation of the New York City Organization of Public Service Retirees. And she's coming on now on the Author Idola Power Hour to tell us how she believes municipal government has broken a tremendous promise to its employees. Marianne Pizzatola, welcome to the Author Idola Power Hour. And I'm going to just start off by applauding you for what you are, the quest that you are on, because it affects... Thousands and thousands of people, including my very own mother, who was a school teacher for 40 years here in the, uh, used to be called the Board of Education when she left, and now the Department of Education. So thank you very much, Marianne. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so give us give us the, the thousand mile in the air, thousand feet in the air view of what's going on here. Well, this was crazy. This started in about 20, 2021, uh, spring, and we found out in a newspaper article about the city looking to take away our retiree health plans and put us into privatized Medicare. Um, we started looking at it. And we realized that this was not a good thing for us, knowing the differences between privatized Medicare and traditional Medicare. And we formed an organization, uh, sued the city of New York, um, we started a social media, a fundraising platform. Uh, today we have well over 20, almost 20,000 people in our Facebook page, another 15,000 between our email listserv and all our other social media platforms. We've now sued the city twice. Um, we have a third case that's an appeal case that we're dealing with. We actually have two appeal cases. Um, and, and we're still fighting because now the city and the municipal labor committee, those are our former unions, are trying to change the law that we won our court case on strictly to go around the court's decision. It's, it's insane. Okay, Marion, let me just ask you, here's, here's the essence of it all. Just explain to us, what is the difference between traditional Medicare, which is what is currently in existence, and what is privatized Medicare, Advantage, whatever what that is, that's some 
fancy name, <laughs> so right? Traditional Medicare, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it gets in the weeds for a lot of people. So traditional Medicare is is provided by the federal government. It provides eighty percent of the of your medical bills, and the city health plan provides the last twenty percent. Um, the difference is between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage is Medicare Advantage is privatized. They have prior authorizations, which is like a gatekeeper to your health care. It pretty much stops your doctor what he wants to give you as a treatment or procedure. They determine its medical necessity. Uh, many doctors don't accept Medicare Advantage, so now you're losing your continuity of care. Um, also, you can't uh, use other insurances to coordinate policies so you'll lose part of your drug coverage or in some cases all of it. Uh, so this becomes a problem for people who are older, who are disabled, who have a lot of health issues to rely on a plan that's not really built to work for them. It's really made to work for the insurance company. So basically, um, and I'm just going to use my mom right as an example, uh, you know, you, nobody gets rich being a, a New York City school teacher. But no, sir. one of the advantages is like for the rest of your life, you know, after you retire, you're going to get some great health care coverage. Right. That's kind of the promise. That was that was what was in the contract. My mom is a tier right. one. She's a tier one retiree. So that's the best you could be. Um, so what you're saying is if this actually takes place and we go from traditional Medicare into this privatized Medicare advantage and my mom has been going to the same doctor for 20 years and now this doctor does not take my mom's health insurance, what would happen? In other words, my mom would, would uh, could still go to her own doctor, but she's got to pay out of pocket, or is there a differential she would have to pay? How does that work out? So if the doctor wasn't in the network, that would be whatever the plan is. Let's say, hypothetically, they're, they were looking at Emma. Uh, today I'm hearing rumors they're looking at United. So if your mother's doctor wasn't in that network, you'd have to ask, would the doctor accept payment by the insurance company? If the doctor says yes, then then you're kind of okay. But if the doctor says no, I don't want to accept payment from that vendor, uh, you have to pay the doctor up front, and then you submit the bill to the insurance company for reimbursement. When you do that, they analyze it for medical necessity, and if they determine it wasn't medically necessary, guess what? Your mom doesn't get reimbursed. Okay, I got it. Now, who's pushing for this? Who's pushing for this change? What's the engine behind this change? And, and but after who's pushing for it, you know, why are they pushing for it? Well, we understand that this is coming from the mayor. Um, the mayor's office has been insisting that, that this needs to be done. And it's also being pushed by the Municipal Labor Committee, our, the umbrella organization for the unions of the city of New York, our brothers and sisters, uh, because they were told that it, it mirrors what we had, which is not true, and that there's a federal subsidy to it that they all want the money. Um, but at the same time, it's diminishing your health benefit. It, it just doesn't make any sense to us. What's the federal subsidy? So the federal government subsidizes these plans. Basically, they say, well, instead of us taking care of you and providing your health benefits, we're going to pay this private insurance company to administer your Medicare benefit. So they pay them a rate, uh, and how that insurance company makes money is by using prior authorizations and narrow networks to make sure that they have a specific profit margin. That's how that works. And they are federally subsidized. However, these plans were always meant to be an option, not something you were forced into. And unfortunately, because of a federal rule change in the year 2000, 
that, that was made by the president at the time, a rule was changed with no public comment period or discussion that permitted an employer or a union that had an employer group waiver plan, which is what the city of New York has, to auto-enroll their retirees in these kinds of plans. And this is where that now comes from. And because they are subsidized by the federal government, many organizations around the city of New York are forcing their retirees into them. This is a national problem. This is not just a New York City issue. That's what I was just going to ask you. But you, okay, just clarify things for me, because I asked you who's pushing this. I think you said the mayor's office, but then you just said it's a national problem. So you mean mayors all over the country are, this is to their advantage for budgetary reasons? Yes. So this is being pushed in our city by the mayor's office and our former unions. What do you mean your former unions? Oh, so in other words, the well, FDNY, you, that's your former union, correct? Well, the FD, my union is District Council 37 is my parent union. My local in the District Council is local 2507 EMTs and paramedics. Um, my local uh, does support my position in that we should not be forced into privatized Medicare or privatized health plans. The district council, however, disagrees. So the Municipal Labor Committee is this umbrella organization of unions, and they do the citywide negotiating for health plans. It is primarily run by the United Federation of Teachers and the District Council 37. Oh, okay. There you go. So um, what exactly, what exactly is, well, I'll take the fifth on that. Um, What exactly is your organization trying to achieve? So uh, today we are trying to protect retiree health care. Obviously, we went to a city council hearing on the 9th. We brought over 500 retirees with us. And we were trying to make sure that this amendment that they were trying to pass that changes administrative code 12-126, which was legislated in 1967 by the council at the request of the mayor at the time, stays in place. We didn't want it changed or um, modified. So we, we know the vote goes to we know that there is it was a possibility that this would go to vote tomorrow, as we understand it will not be voted on tomorrow is what we were told. Um, and now we are trying to pass a bill, a separate bill that would protect retirees, promises that were made to them that they would have the right to access their federal Medicare uh, and the city plan supplemental. So, Marianne Pizzatola, if anybody wanted to follow up and learn a little bit about what the New York City Organization of Public Service Retirees is up to or doing, is there like a website? Is there somewhere they could read up on this? Yes. So we have a website. Our website is www.nycretirees.org. We are on Facebook. We have a private group you can join, and we have an open Facebook page. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account. We have a YouTube channel. We have a TikTok channel. Um, we have an email list. You can, no grass. You no can grass is growing under your feet. Okay, so so just throw out. <laughs> so just everyone should just go to Google, right, and just put in New York City Organization of Public Service Retirees, and one go. of those platforms is going to pop up. It will, or NYC Retirees on Twitter and Instagram is a short name, and I think also YouTube. Absolutely, you can find us. Well, Marianne, um, I want to just congratulate you on, on a 
stellar career serving uh, our city in, in the Bayside Queens Ambulance Corps and then obviously in the FDNY and, and what you're doing now. You're a true uh, public servant, and um, we here at the Idola Power absolutely appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I think the most important thing that we want to get out is that retirees' promises should be honored and that the mayor's office does need to speak with us before they make these kinds of decisions, because clearly they're not being informed properly that they're okay with forcing something upon people that really don't have their best interest at heart. So we want to make sure that that the mayor going forward understands the differences, understands the harms that can come from them, because if he can protect us today... This will protect his ability to attract and maintain employees in the future, which I know we all want. All right. Well, maybe the next time the mayor's on the show, we could chat with him about it. Marianne, thank, thank you very, you. very much. And uh, no, we, you know, he was on the show on Monday, like, not this Monday, the Monday I know, before. Three times. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's have so we together. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I, I would not rule it out. He. Um, He's got a lot on his plate. He's got a lot of issues coming at him. And, and you know, I, it would be okay. understandable if sometimes things slip by and without him even knowing about it. So let's see what we can do to help you out, Mary. And thank you so much for, for your thank information. You and if there's any way we can help you, you just reach out to Joan and the airwaves are yours. Wonderful. Thank you, Arthur. All right, Marianne. We are going to take a quick break on the Idola Power Hour after talking about retirees and their health care benefits. And we will swing towards a little bit of the law and a little bit about politics and current events here in the city of New York with Matt Sambolino and Joni Pelzer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right. Coming up tonight, it's Wellness Night at 7 o'clock, and that means Dr. Jeanette Nishwat from the Fox News Medical All-Star team will be with us. The tragic explosion of opioid addiction and what it's doing to your kids, we will discuss tonight at 7. At Staples, you can count on every project being print perfect, guaranteed. I need presentations and brochures printed, and they have to be perfect. Your bounded presentations, brochures with the finest folds, and more will be done right every time. That's our print big promise. Now at Staples, get $10 off your document printing and marketing materials order of $50 or more, plus 20% back by a store bonus. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends to 11. Rewards members only. Bonus must be redeemed in store. See staples.com slash stores slash print big for details. So today in the courtroom in New York City at 100 Center Street, guess who one of the most important people were in that courtroom? You guessed it, the court reporter. So you got the judge, you had three or four prosecutors, you had, I don't even know how many defendants, uh, more than I could count, how many criminal defense attorneys, it was insane. Uh, But who was everyone directing their attention at? Guess what? Not the judge. Nope. At the court reporter, would you like a career in the legal field, making great money without having to go to law school? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently? Well, then you should considering consider a report a career in court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free, and you can complete it from the convenience of your home. So... Don't hesitate. Be 
become one of the big shots, like the big shot in court today. Plus, in the hallway, I saw court reporters who I've done other cases with. I saw court reporters who know my dad and, and sent their warm regards. So you should be part of that cool family. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. Ready to start a business in New Jersey? The state's New Jersey Business Action Center is here to guide you through the process. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So as I turn on the phone here, I read the headline that says two dozen charged in $7 million New York City construction kickback scam. Well, that was the case. I was there on today. I'll just read you the first paragraph here. Two dozen people were indicted Wednesday for taking around $7 million in kickback from New York City developers. The ringleader of 24 people and 26 companies, see, that's where I get the 40 from, because between individuals and companies, it was over 40 entities today, um, charged with conspiring in a pay-to-play scheme that saw subcontractors inflate bids on lucrative construction projects to pad their wallets, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office said. Um, So, you know, when you're a lawyer, um, getting involved in these cases is um, kind of something that you want to do. Um, They're complicated. They're sophisticated. uh, They're long-term investigation. But, you know, here's where the system fails, right? Here's where the system breaks down. When a uh, defense attorney gets the discovery, gets the evidence from the prosecutor, at some point we have to make motions. What are motions? You're moving the court to do something. That's what's called a motion. So in the most simple example, in an area that my partner, Judge Cammons, is an expert in, well, you're not allowed to say expert ethically, specializes in, which is search and seizure. If they find drugs in a car, in the trunk of a car, you make a motion that those drugs should be suppressed because the search and then the seizure of the drugs were illegal based on these facts and you apply those facts to the law and the search was not done the right way. And in the scenario I just gave you, it doesn't take a tremendously long amount of time to prepare those motions to understand the issues and and send them into the court. And then the prosecutor replies and then the judge decides whether there should be a hearing So should the police officer who stopped that car have to come on the stand and talk about what he saw? Why did he stop the car? Why do you think there were drugs in the car? That is the most simplistic way to explain it. But in this case, which is on the front of the Daily News website right now, it's the lead story. Um, The grand jury minutes, which typically are like 25, 40 pages. In this case, the grand jury minutes are over 2,000 pages. The amount of evidence they're going to turn over, paperwork, documents, are two terabytes, which for those people who aren't too hip with the whole uh, technology lingo, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. And then I was told that there's also surveillance, so there's all kinds of videos. So we, we, we go into court, and it's a little hectic. I, I 
hats off to the court reporter. The court, well, the court reporter was great, but the court officers for maintaining order. There was a lieutenant in there who I know who was great. The courtroom was packed. I mean, it's a scene right out of the movies. The courtroom is packed. These 24 uh, defendants, they're all handcuffed one next to each other. They're not double handcuffed. They just have one cuff on each guy attached to a long chain. They're sitting in the back of the courtroom. And the judge says, okay, I'm going to set a motion schedule. Um, uh, I, I want the defense motions to be done. And she just threw out a date. And of all, all the lawyers, I speak up. I said, Arthur Idala, Idala Petrun and Cammons, 546 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. On behalf of my client, I, obviously I said his name. I said, Your Honor. I said, these are not simple motions like the one I just described to you guys here on the radio about a search warrant, which is called a Huntley hearing or a, or a Wade hearing or, or a uh, MAP hearing. These are intense motions that usually are based on the grand jury presentation. And the grand jury presentation here is tremendous. So we're not going to be able to get motions done this quickly. And the judge just goes to me. She goes, that, that's fine, Mr. Idala. Uh, prosecutor, when do you think you're going to get? I said, we don't even have the evidence. When do you think you'll get them to? Oh, in a, in a, as soon as practicable. And the judge laughed and says, well, how soon is that? She goes, um, I don't know, two weeks, judge, which that'll be a mountain for them to climb. And the judge goes, fine. In 45 days, you'll have, I want the defense motions. Now, we're not getting the evidence, the thousands and thousands and thousands of pages for two weeks. And then basically we have a month to cull through all of this, look at all, try to find all the, the possible legal issues in a 24 defendant case where you got to talk to all the other lawyers and co collaborate and uh, put your brains together. And she's like, yeah, she, she, has, she goes, okay, Mr. Idala, fine. Now I'm the only one who spoke up. Prosecuted to say, oh, you know, uh, Judge, there are 2,000 pages in the grand jury. Well, they didn't say that. Uh, none of my colleagues said, you know, we join in Mr. Idala's application for more time. I've been involved in these cases before. Typically what happens is they say, okay, prosecutor, you turn over the, you turn over the evidence. I'm going to give the defense three months to look at the evidence and then come back here in maybe the first week of April. And then we'll set a motion schedule which is basically what I was rec rep recommending because I've been doing this for a long time now. I know what should be done, but no, no, I don't know if it's to show that they have power or their control. And, and you know, it, it just was a ridiculous decision. As soon as we walk out of the courtroom, all the defense attorneys come around and that's ah, nuts. We go, now we, we just have to write a letter as soon as we get the evidence saying it's an overwhelming amount of evidence and we need much more time to put in a motion. But um, I'm not going to lie, the novelty has not worn off. Um, it is cool being involved in these big cases. It was like a who's who of the criminal bar. Um, Nick Ravanti, who's in there, who just uh, represented Weiselberg, is that? Yes. Who just Weiselberg, represented yeah. Weiselberg uh, in the Trump case. Susan Nicholas was there. Nicholas was there. She represented the Trump Corporation in that case. Um, Sam Talkin, who's another fantastic criminal defense attorney. Who's who he, in court? Yeah, it was a who's who. It was uh, Mark and Niffalo was there. Um, Zach and Trotta was there. Like for in my world, it was like a who's who of of uh, the the bar, and, it, and it's it's really cool to be in that mix. 
um, and to be able to rub elbows with these people who I have just a tremendous amount of respect for. And I compliment the prosecutor. They were very organized. They had to turn over the initial uh, evidence and indictment to us today. They had everything in package. Everything was had name, name on it. And I complimented them um, off uh, you know, when we were done with the, with the court appearance. But we will, uh, you know, we'll go through all of this. It's going to be a heavy lift. Um, it's going to be a lot of reading. Uh, my partner, Jack Arino and, and, and uh, Lino uh, DeMassi, they'll be working on it alongside moi. Uh, that's me and Sicilian. Um, and um, I know it's just, you know, and now it's the, the front, the, the lead story in the Daily News. Like, like, this is what I do when I'm not here talking on the radio. Um, so when we come back, I just want to hit some more headlines, a little bit more about um, the war, the, the a little bit more about what's going on in the world of the law. Porn star Ron Jeremy ruled incompetent to stand trial on 34 rape and sex assault charges. 69-year-old guy is suffering from an incurable neurocognitive decline. All right. We will come back right after these messages. We'll talk a little bit about law and we'll have a little bit of fun with Joan and Sambolino. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. 866-DADS-LAW, 701 Eastgate Drive, Suite 310, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. Diana Magala, licensed in New York and New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Today, it's Wellness Wednesday on Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, the whole fruit and vegetable capsule delivering your maximum nutrition in every dose. 100% whole food nutrition with the taste, smell, and color of pure fruits and veggies as nature intended just for you. Try them now and see for yourself. 35% off and free shipping. Call now, 800-2468-751 or balanceofnature.com. And don't miss Wellness Wednesday tonight at 7 p.m. on AM 970. The Answer. In 2021, there were 5.8 million identity fraud victims in the U.S. 5.8 million. Identity theft is far too common, and most cybersecurity services are only there when something bad has already happened. The fallout from a security breach or mismanagement of social security numbers can impact your business and lead to costly financial and legal repercussions. When it comes to protecting your patient's personal information, use SEALD, the only system you need for your medical practice. Unlike other big-name identity theft protection plans, 
Sealed takes a proactive approach by encrypting the confidential information your patients need to share with your practice. In the medical profession, stolen health insurance information can put you out of business. Find out how Sealed can secure your business and keep your patients safe. Email sealedinc at gmail.com for more information on how to get your office on board. That's S-E-A-L-E-D Inc. at gmail.com or call 856-316-8655, 856-316-8655. This is Mike Gallagher. Join me on an amazing journey through Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are going back to the Holy Land for the Stand with Israel Tour, along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Imagine a personal impact from exploring Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea region, and so much more. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. StandWithIsraelTour.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Happy birthday to Oliver Hardy. That's right. The one and only Oliver Hardy of Laurel and Hardy. He would have been 131 years old today. He died at a pretty young age, 65 years old. And Cary Grant, the handsome Cary Grant, he would have been 119 years old today. They say, you know, if people mention your name, you never really die. So let's keep mentioning their names. And to a guy who I got to meet when I was at Fox uh, on the morning show one day, and, you know, they had this rule, you're not really supposed to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. But I was, you know, that was me. So, of course, I talked to everyone. And he got off the set after doing his appearance, pl- plugging some uh, some movie or something he was in at that time. But I go over to him and go, hey, Crash Davies. And his face lit up because that was the name of the character he played in the baseball spectacular, great, great baseball movie, Bull Durham. No, not Field of Dreams, but Bull Durham. And that was Kevin Costner. And he smiled and he just goes, that was a fun movie. And here in the office, I have a book. Um, I think maybe Mary and my wife gave it to me. It's called A Man in His Cars. Jack Reno, I think, gave me the one Man is Watches and this is Man in His Cars. And it's real cars associated with real people. And in that movie, uh, Kevin Costner drove like an old Chevy Nova uh, in his uh, his role playing um, Crash Davies, and he kept the car. He bought it from the movie producers, and he still has that car. So that's 68-year-old Kevin Costner, totally cool guy when I, uh, when I met him uh, up close and personal. Uh, you know, this, there was a scrum of reporters, a lot of um, uh, people taking p- cam- pictures, and there were the local, uh, the Times, the News, and the Post were there t- writing articles. But simultaneously to the our case being called, it was announced that the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg um, wrote a letter. I don't believe he filed a lawsuit, but he wrote a letter to Simon and Schuster uh, asking to see the uh, the the contents of a alleged tell-all book written by a lawyer named Mark Pomerantz. Mark Pomerantz is a very well-known attorney. He was in the Southern District of New York as a prosecutor. He then was in a big law firm, Paul Weiss. And he pulled out of that law firm 
at the request of the prior uh, district attorney in Manhattan, um, Cyrus Vance, to look into the people versus Donald Trump. And when uh, Alvin Bragg announced that he was, it appeared he was not going to uh, try to indict President Trump, Pomerantz left. He's since formed a new law firm that's going to be a not-for-profit law firm. Um, and now, but now he's writing a book and about the investigation. And basically what the district attorney in Manhattan is saying is, hey, I still have the investigation going on. You haven't been in this office for a year now because you resigned. And um, I, I, you don't know if I have the investigation still going on. And, uh, I, you know, we don't know wh- whether you, I mean, it was a grand jury investigation it was supposed to be kept secret. So if it's still going on, it could be a violation of, at the very least, the ethical rules. Um, what Mr. Pomerantz said today is, I am confident that all of my actions with respect to the Trump investigation, including the writing of my forthcoming book, are consistent with my legal and ethical obligations. So that was like the the, the um, media was kind of scurrying about simultaneously while we were writing this, while we were doing the arraignment to cover this story as well. Um, and I spoke to my councilman today, J- uh, Justin Brannon. There's a new uh, pop-up shop, I guess, that opened in Bay Ridge, and it's called Gelato. So my parents were at the restaurant across the street, a, uh, a Turkish restaurant, uh, and they saw this. And then a couple of friends of theirs a couple of days later were at the, the, the Mexican restaurant diagonally across the street, and then you see this, this big sign that says Gelato. Now, many of you know, Joan, what does Gelato mean? Ice cream. Right. Better ice cream. So they're like, well, let's not get the dessert here. Let's go help this new store that popped up, and let's go get some Gelato at the new store. Well, Joan, you know what they sell in gelato? I bet they don't sell ice cream. They don't sell ice cream. Do they sell cannabis? They sell. Oh, you got to be weed, kidding me! Right. So I don't know why where this name came up. It's well, absolute, it's to attract younger people. I bet it's absolutely illegal. And I spoke to the councilman today, and he said, "Look, I reached out to the sheriff's office, and he said, you know that that." Uh, it's frustrating for the city officials because these are all state laws and they, they really did not highlight the enforcement aspect of the, these new cannabis shops. So the first store that is legal, it's got all these illegal stores all around it. And we had Stephen Kessler on in, I don't even know, June. You have to get people yeah. back on. And yep. Stephen Kessler is a high school buddy of mine who's on the West Coast, who's I think seven years now, eight years, runs a place called um, Paper and Leaf, which is an absolutely legal uh, store in, uh, in, on the West Coast. And he said, he said on our show, if you don't crack down on the illegal places, the legal places are never going to make it. And I'm reading a quote here. We know there is an illegal cannabis store, van or street vendor on what seems like every block in New York, Councilwoman and former Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer said. She's the chair of the council's oversight investigations team. The proliferation of cannabis retailers over the last 22 months has gone almost unchecked by the city and state. These illegal stores, it seems to me, suck up revenue that should be going to licensed dispensaries. Absolutely. And that just has not been happening and they got to get their act together because this whole system is not going to work. Joan, you told me you had a good, you had a nice feel-good story. What's up with that? I do have a really nice feel-good story. So 
in sports related, DeMar Hamlin had suffered a cardiac arrest. Well, ever since that happened, a lot of NFL teams are stocking their local communities with defibrillators, life-saving defibrillators, and they're they're paying for them and they're having the companies come and train locals in doing this. The most recent that I'm reading about is after this had happened, the Packers donated $100,000 worth of these auto external defibrillators to schools and recreational sports leagues in the Green Bay area. You know what? That If something good comes out of something bad, fantastic. I um, Also, uh, this weekend is going to be a huge football weekend, especially here in the city. Let's How face big, it, Arthur? Huge. Let's face it. Um, the New York Giants, uh, you know, it's a little exciting. And uh, Sakon Barkley, I'm messing up his name, but, um, you know, he's going to be a big, he's the running back. And I can tell you, you know, I was really tight with Tiki Barber, especially uh, his last season when he was running like for 200 plus yards a game. And uh, I'm, nine, oh, I'm positive Tiki's last game was the wild card game in Philadelphia. I actually went there with Shepard Smith, which um, we, <laughs> We, I said, Shep, we, you got to wear gray. Like we cannot be rooting for the Giants. We were sitting in the end zone in the Philadelphia Eagles, where they play ball. It's they're tough guys, man. So everything was fine. I mean, maybe it was like late into the first quarter, and all of a sudden Tiki breaks a run, and Shep jumps up and starts screaming, "Yeah, yeah!" And they, all these Eagle fans look at us like they want to kill us. And I, like, made something up. I was like, no, no, I go, guys, 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 chill. I go, they were college classmates. They were college classmates, which is 100% lie, but it was better than getting beat up. So I am looking forward to a, a little Giants action. What about you, Sam Bellino? You know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, the Giants are looking good, but, you know, they do have a tough matchup. And uh, the Eagles are the, the, the best team in the East. Joan, what do we, who do we have on tomorrow? We have a big show tomorrow. We have a huge show with our very own... Honorable John M. Leventhal retired. He's going to be talking about the disparity going on between nursing in New York City, and nurses in schools and nurses in the health system, and the, the pay disparity, the hours, the contractors, all of that. And that it's, let, let, let me just tell you something. Judge Kamen's wife is a... Uh... <laughs> he's, he's a nurse, um, so he knows a lot Leventhal's about it. But, wife. But, I'm mean. sorry, I apologize. Thank you, Cheryl. But we're also Spooner. going to have we're also going to follow up on this Judge LaSalle thing. Maybe we can get someone on who knows the inner workings of Albany and and what the real options I are. I wonder who next. we could possibly have on. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll find somebody. You know, there's also a UK nurses walkout right now too. So we had a strike and it was settled, but now there's one going on in the UK. So there's a lot going on in the medical field. All right. Here on a Wednesday night, I have Luca, and Luca and I will go get a bite to eat. Luca's and I'm inside. going to my theater tonight. Oh, God bless you, Joe. Yeah. We'll, we will alert the media. Alert the um, media. I'm proud of Luca. He's inside. He's, he's got a big... Um, He's got a big regent exam in English coming up on Tuesday. So he's got to kick some butt. We hope you kick some butt. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll t tune in tomorrow. See ya. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.